Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside, told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, welcome to this Monday edition of Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up in just a moment, they'll reflect on their legacy and new release. Atlanta hip-hop legends Goody Mob joins me. That conversation is moments away. But first, this departing President Donald Trump's re-election campaign is asking for a recount of Georgia's election results. Now, this comes after the state certified the results of a hand-counted audit last week. The audit confirmed President-elect Joe Biden won the state by more than 12,000 votes. Now, because Biden won Georgia by a margin of less than 1%, A recount can be requested and at the state's expense. This will be a machine recount using scanners and is expected to begin this week. In other news, Thanksgiving is just days away and Georgia Governor Brian Kemp is using social media with a coronavirus message. The governor posted on Twitter over the weekend asking folks to either gather outside or meet online. And please, if you have people in your life who are more vulnerable to COVID-19, including the elderly and those with underlying medical conditions. Consider the risk of including them in holiday gathering. Now, this is all at the same time when the number of newly confirmed COVID-19 cases, not only here in Georgia, but nationwide, well, they continue to increase. At the time of this broadcast, the total number of confirmed cases in Georgia is now at 404,011. The number of hospitalizations related to the virus 34,057, and of those, 6,373 have been ICU admissions. And way back in March, since the state began recording deaths, right now we're at 8,627. This is always according to the Georgia Department of Public Health. Now, that guidance we mentioned from Governor Kemp coincides with the Atlanta-based Centers for Disease Control and Prevention advising Americans not to travel this Thanksgiving holiday. In a notice last week, CDC officials wrote, quote, travel may increase your chance of getting and spreading COVID-19. Postponing travel and staying home is the best way to protect yourself and others this year. And for those who do wish to travel, the public health agency recommends wearing a mask, of course, practice social distancing, and, of course, washing your hands frequently. What effect will all of this have on what is ordinarily a very busy travel season? Well, that's something I had a conversation about with Laurie Garrow. She's Associate Director at the Center for Urban and Regional Air Mobility at Georgia Tech. I think the industry is looking at a place in which they call it their break-even. So where every day that you're operating in the sky, you're not losing money. So Thanksgiving Day, or if you think about today, yesterday, over the weekend, maybe a case where they are you know making a profit or at least making a profit on certain flights but that is not solving the longer term this is closer look support for wabe comes from the community foundation for greater atlanta 
If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. Yes, sir. We in the house. Strictly for my people right here. Nobody else. So if you don't get it, don't worry about it. Here we go. I do it for my people, like David the Goliath. Off with your head. Everybody start a riot. Sick and tired of excuses. People get your together. All you really needed was food, clothing, shelter. My people at the exit with that cardboard sign. Uh, Closer Look continues now here on 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's Choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. I could have let it just play. We all here bopping. Years ago, Washington Post writer Jeffrey Himes wrote the following when he was talking about the emergence of the South within hip-hop. And he wrote, quote, But the real action is in Atlanta, where the goody mob and outcasts have been developing a thick central sound to go with their southern draws, even as they reconnect hip-hop to its most honorable roots, the politically, morally conscious lyrics of Grandmaster Flash and Public Enemy, close quote. Now, that was in 1998, but three years earlier, the South already had something to say. We all know about that. And it was coming from this musical collective known as the Dungeon Family. I know because I was here. 1995, Goody Mob releases Soul Food, an ode to the Atlanta way of life, and combined with the reality of black Southern life. Guess what? It's 25 years later. They're legends, veterans. I told CeeLo earlier they're old. And they back with a new project called Survival Kid. <laughs> Join a closer look. Big Gip, CeeLo, Cujo, Timo is dogging in as we speak. Fellas, welcome. How you welcome. doing? Yo, yo. Y'all old. Y'all old. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Not really. I think we can outwrap most of the people that's out now. You absolutely uh-uh. right on that. <laughs> Listen, fellas, uh, before we dig into Survival Kit, which, by the way, someone described to me as a, a cinematic experience. But I want to go back a little bit, and I'm, I'm going to start with uh, T-Mo since he just got on. But you know what? When you all think back to those, those literal red clay dirt days in producer Rico Wade's mama basement, uh, I'll start with you, T-Mo. Can you recall the first time you all got together in that, in that dungeon and did you know it was something special, man? Yeah, I can't say. I recall the first time being in the dungeon. I remember me and Cujo Goody went over there to get uh, some tracks from Ray. And when we got there, it was it was uh, it was loaded with people in there. They had uh, PA Parental Advisor, the rap group. <laughs> we had Ray there, had Rico there, had Pat there, had Def Five from TLC there. Uh, T Bar from TLC was there, mm-hmm. and um, me and Cujo Good. I think I don't know if Gipton was there. I can't recall, but I can't remember that if we were doing a free. Oh yeah, Andre was there and Big Boy was there. We were doing a, um, a freestyle. We had a freestyle battle that night, and I just remember man, it was electrifying in there. Everybody was spitting. Everybody was excited. Everybody wanted to be heard, and then everybody gave each other a shot at, at spitting something in front of everybody. So. It, it was massive. It was awesome. 
Gip, you was Gip there? Gip, you were there? Uh, the actual night he talking about, I don't know. I remember the actually the first time I remember Low and Killer B mm-hmm. and, and and JD coming over there for the first time. I remember that night. So that that's, that's the night that I was there. And everything coming together all at the same time, like it was kind of kind of crazy. It was like, you know, they was working on the TLC. They was doing the remix at the same time. You know, they was working on Outkast and trying to get them onto the TLC songs. And and Goody Mob was already kind of like forming around them. So, you know, me and CeeLo walked in. I was coming from a group called East Point Chain Gang. CeeLo was solo. And, you know, at that time it was just, you know, after the success of the first Outkast album, mm-hmm. that's when Reek said, man, they want to sign all y'all in. That's when we formed Goody Mob. Now, Cujo, it, was, it really, it, it, was it really a basement? <laughs> was it more so just a crawl space? Because it was, it was tight up in there. <laughs> I don't see crawl spaces and I don't see basements before. But what I think that this was, this was actually probably a crawl space that was dug out into a basement. Because once you go downstairs, the front wall is dirt, right? Mm-hmm. The front wall is dirt. And then if you go up a little bit, you can see a little bit of space like this going back that way. So I think somebody probably dug it out and put a furnace down there and everything. But yeah, it was, I could, I, I mean, me thinking about it now, I can't, I can't believe we was down there really making music. <laughs> CeeLo, what it what that I, that's why I asked that because I've seen some pictures. CeeLo, Rico's mom must have been straight cool to have all y'all down there spitting and doing oh, whatever. She, oh, Miss Beatrice is uh is an angel. She cool, she cooler than cool. She cooler than cool. <laughs> like I I I remember Timo was just saying this the other day when we were doing the interview, and he was just like you know, if, if it had not have been their household, we don't know if it had, had it ever happened because it wouldn't happen over nobody else's house, that's for sure. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, nah, she was cool, cool, man. Bless her heart. Yeah. It's always mama that come through. Um, yeah. CeeLo, let me stay with you for a moment because back in those days, and I'm curious how y'all handle, because you heard others talking about this Southern hip-hop sound, and let's be really clear, folks were not kind about it. You know, especially folks from, I don't want to mention areas, New York. Uh, and I loved, and I yeah. grew up with that, so I, I love it all. But, you know, how did y'all handle all that? Because you could have took it in a more violent way, but you all didn't. CeeLo, I'll let you start on that. Um, I mean, we took it as, uh, I, I'll say we took it as just, you know, disassociation or, just ignorance, you, you know what I mean? Like we, we were still basically, it was still early, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, you know, everything was starting to take a shape and a form, you know what I mean? Um, you know, but fundamentally, every other region in extension of East Coast, uh, New York, uh, you know, original hip hop, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like is what it was. So like, it was all derivative, you know what I mean? Like, you know, of the origin of where it all comes from. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like we know that that East Coast, you know, is the mother and the mecca of hip hop. You know what I mean? So um, we definitely had the unconditional love, you know, and admiration for the way that it had a, had an effect on us. You know, um, but you know, as, as it as it as it evolves, sometimes it changes names. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And 
you know, so what we don't even know what I've been saying this because we've been answering this question uh, mm -hmm. recently. So, you know, Africa been bought in the Soul Sonic Force, Planet Rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, that was what ultimately evolved. But in their pitch, in their opinion, they may have been digressed sure. to skating rink music or Miami bass. You know what I mean? But like it was, but it had to be an evolutional because like, you know, we took independent action. You know I mean, like, you know, like New York was the Empire States. You know what I mean? All of the labels were there. You know, you can jump in the cab and go around the corner and, you know, go up an elevator, you know, and, and get a record deal. I mean, like we didn't have that luxury in the South. So you got to give it to people like Luke Skywalker, you know, you know, in Miami, Magic Mike in Orlando, Jay Prince, of course, in Texas, you know what I mean? Like, you know, who, who, who really uh, forged, you know, um, and built a infrastructure and foundation um, inspiring the independent attitude of the South. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, if nobody else liked it, we liked it, you know what I mean? Like for what it was at the time and we supported ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's how we sustained ourselves until we broke wide, you know, and got back that, that nationwide and then ultimately international uh, recognition. Cujo, let me come to you for a moment, man, because I was looking at some old older interviews y'all did with BET Teen Summit and MTV, Yo MTV Raps and all that. And you all talked about the fact that, you know what, this is who we are. This is Atlanta. This is our sound. And y'all have stayed true to that. You know, a lot of acts, you know, sometimes they have to change with the whatever the current popular art form is. But y'all have stayed true to that. And for folks listening that may not know it, sometimes I want to back away from saying the Southern hip hop or the Southern sound because only y'all can define that. How do you, when people say that to you, what do you tell them about what is the Southern sound, Cujo? Man, that's a great question, man, because me and Gil was just talking about that. It's like, <clears throat> what do you call the music that we do? What do you call that? I mean, you can't call it, well, you probably can, but you can't call it crump music. Mm -hmm. You can't really call it music. You can't really call it uh, mumble music. You know what I mean? So it's almost as if though you got to create a whole other genre for the type of music that we do. Cause it's it it, it um it encompassed all of this stuff I just said mm -hmm. because that, that came after us, which is cool. You know what I mean? So I mean, that's a that's a hard question because like I said, you got genres like blues and you got genres like jazz, and you got genres like country. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean I I remember he called it country rap tunes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I don't know. Truth serum. Truth music. I don't I, I I don't know because uh, I guess you just had to place it in the hip hop because hip hop is so broad because it's a bunch of well first it started out with a bunch of young black men mm -hmm. talking about what they've gone through through life and what they can do to maybe uh maybe curb that that hit that's coming you know what I mean so yeah. I mean I I don't I don't know what you would call it man I mean it's like I say hip hop big umbrella. Joe, can, can I cap off that? Because then look, yeah. if you, you, you gotta, I mean, ironically enough, you could you could you could consider what was um, you know, essentially New York hip hop as southern hip hop, simply because at the at the time everything was sampling James Brown and yep. somebody from the region. So it's like wow. you know, he's he's from Macon, wow. Georgia. So yeah. Eric B. and Rock wow. Hibs, I mean, that's so I mean, uh, you know, come on. I mean, like, that's James Brown. This 
blatant James right. Brown. Yeah, and let, let's be really right. clear too, fellas, because if it wasn't for a fella named you know Clyde on the drums on you know on the sticks, then uh, a lot of that wouldn't have happened. Right. Gip, they, yeah, fucking drums. Absolutely. Gip, do you have you been able to harness what the sound is, or you just let it be? You don't have time to explain it to folks. It's life music. It's life music. We feed life people. Music. You know what I mean? We feed people. We 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 feed people through the music, and we teach to live. When most most of our music, ninety eight percent of it, is, it teach you to, to to run to death. It's just we do right. life music. You All know right. what I mean? So it's a difference, you know, with us. Timo, let me ask you this: What is it about? You know, groups have folks get along. Sometimes folks don't get along. We we've seen enough of behind the music. How do you all work through if there are some differences of opinion about a track, about who should lay this spit or who should do that? How have y'all been able to work through that over over the years? Or do y'all settle it like with you know oh, a wrestling? Man. I mean, you know. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> we have like we don't really have. I can't really recall many times where. We, we, I mean, if you, you don't like the track, don't, don't, you know what I'm saying? That's how we do it. You know, we don't really for, try to force the hand of each other and make you get on. Can't nobody make you rap on nothing. So, I mean, if you're feeling the beat, you know, somebody, you know, we always just kind of brothers. I mean, I, I can't explain. I mean, a lot of other people just don't have the, the connection. But I guess being that we all grew up together, went to high school together, been around each other all of our lives. Mm-hmm. Level to be around and comfortable with everybody. It's comfortable for me to be around CeeLo. I've been knowing him all his life. It's yeah. for me to be around Joe Good. I've been knowing him all his life. He was a young man. I've been knowing Kip. We were kids. You know what I mean? So it, when we go in the studio and they pull up a beat or something, we all look at each other. We say, You feeling how you feeling? You like that? I mean, and we just give each other the creatives, you know, to be who they are, you know what I mean, as artists. I got so you on that. Between the group, you know uh, what I mean? I feel you on that. Hey, fellas, this is the only time, I can, I can never recall this, but I know that once I made the announcement that y'all were going to join Closer Look, we got everybody from professors to Atlanta City Council people that just want to say hi. And so I'm, I'm going to do this. I normally don't do wow. this. So here we go. I'm going to start with Council Member Andre oh. Dickens. <laughs> Councilman Dickens, what's going on? Hey, what's up, bro? Hey, hey, what's up, Rose? Uh, and then, listen, uh, what's up, fellas? Hey, what's up, baby? Hi. What's up, sir? What's up, family? Man, I love you guys, man. I love you. I, y'all were all my big brothers growing up at Mays High, high school, watching you guys rap and lead and just educate us through your wisdom and your words. Uh, you know, just walking down the hall, listening to you guys, watching y'all. And I'm just here, man, to celebrate y'all for 25 years of soul food. And then Survival Kit is the lit. I'm, I listen to it. I'm on that no cigar, my people, <laughs> <laughs> me time, pray for the sheep. I got them on rotation already. It ain't even been a whole week yet. So I'm proud of y'all, man. Love. Much love to y'all. Keep Atlanta, you know, keep lifting up Atlanta in your music and in all your activities. So, so when you naming a, a street after them? <laughs> all right let's do it let's do it let's talk about it let's get us a goody mob lane goody mob parkway all right i, I appreciate it councilman dickens 
That's Councilmember Andre Dickens. Uh, I'm going to actually go to, from a, a city council person to a, a, a professor, Professor Maurice Hobson. Oh, I think we lost him. I actually want to bring in another professor from Georgia Tech, Dr. Joycelyn Wilson. Dr. Wilson, hey. Professor, what's happening? Hey, what's up, how y'all doing? Hey, Ro. Hey. I feel like I'm at V103. <laughs> yes, I am just so happy y'all are my brothers. Like, um, you know, Rose, these are folks I've known since elementary and middle and high school. So I just want to say congratulations for 25 years and for just continuing to put out the music and really just telling folks and showing folks what we stand for, you know, Atlanta and Georgia, this is the home of it. Hip hop, you know, it, it may have, it may have converged in New York, but y'all gone to everything you use came from Georgia and the South. So we got to make sure that we continue to uplift that. And I know that y'all do. And I just love y'all from here to infinity. I can't even express how much it is. I am just so happy that y'all are still putting out music. Professor, let me ask you this, because you said you've known these fellas for a long time. Did When you first heard them, did you know that it was something, that this was going to be a movement? And this is what I, you do. This is, You're a scholar at this, so. I'm a scholar, but I've also been watching it since, you know, I'm going to go all the way there for you, Pujo, party crashers. Like, in in middle school, these men were doing hip-hop before I think they even knew that they were going to have a profession and career. So to see it, in a, see it in such an organic way and just come from the schools up through the, like we knew once Soul Food hit, even before that, before Soul Food came out, we knew that the South was about to shift the culture. And to, for them to be the ones to do it and to create a whole new sound and this language is amazing. I I study this and I always give credit to the Goody Mob for establishing the spirit of trap music because that's exactly what they did. All right. Professor, we appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate it. Before we get Thank to you. Professor Maurice Hobson, I want to talk about not just the beats and we and, and look organized noise we're going to get to them a little bit later because they are crucial in all of this but let's talk about the content let's talk about the environment that you all were orators about and even with survival kit you're you're relaying what's currently happening right now in our nation i mean you know now you got some you got some some smooth you look you got chuck d obviously andre and big boy on there but in keeping in goody mob tradition i'll start with you gip the tracks represent what's taking place in our nation. And what comes to mind for me, of course, is Frontline. Mm -hmm. That was, that's organic for you all. Yeah, that's what we do. Um, mm. uh, I, I guess when we started going into the studio, you know, before we went into the studio, you know, organized, we was back and forth with organizers. And, you know, the main thing they wanted to do was take the conversations that we was having about what we, we all was going through at the time and put it in the music. That's and right. I think from, from just our conversations with each other, it ignited both sides of, okay, they locked back in. Okay, we locked back in. Let's see what it's going to sound like when we go put it on tape. And um, the first record we recorded, uh, man, Low laid that first verse on uh, Survival Kit, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the title track. And after he did that, I think it was just an avalanche of us just 
going, you know, like, cause once the album got started, I mean, it was just like riding a bike. We know what we do. See, just like how people go in the studio and they know how to go in there and do them club records, just that's what they know how to do. Mm-hmm. When it comes to what we do, we organically do this. So it's it's almost like we don't need no help with this. Every, all we need is organized and ourselves. Kucha, you want to add anything to that? Um, no, no, no. Gil said it. He did. He right. did. I want to go to. I want to go to the phones and bring in someone else who is. All, I've interviewed this this gentleman a, a lot of times, and every time he we have an interview, he always manages to bring up Goody Mob or Outcast. <laughs> Professor Maurice Hobson from Georgia State University. Professor Mo. Oh. <laughs> What's, what's happening with it? Is it? We got the good MOB on the on on, on the set, huh? Yeah. What's up with it? <laughs> hey, what's going on with it, Daddy? Listen, listen, folks. Absolute full congratulations, team. In terms of y'all been doing this thing for a quarter of a century, and mm-hmm. and I, I want to tell you all something very real. Um, from from when Philo got on uh, Get Up Get Out on Outcast's first album, to the whole of uh, Soul Food, on to you know Still Standing. Man, listen, the, the lyrics y'all put down helped me find my way. I mean, I was going, I was hanging out with people who were going nowhere fast. And the way yeah. in which you all were able to, to do it, you all did it in a in a way that, that only the Black South can do it. And what I'm saying to you is that, um, you know, we can listen to the New York and we can listen to the West Coast. You can listen to Chicago, but that was all abstract for somebody like me. But when you're from deep down in the dirt, I grew up, I was born in Mississippi, grew up in Alabama, I live here in Atlanta. When y'all started yeah. talking, I knew the words, but I also knew what you were saying. And that helped me create the scholarship that I've done. I wrote the book, The Legend of the Black Mecca. But with this being said, uh, y'all are all black everything, meaning you didn't really present this kind of uh, marketed aspect of Atlanta as the black mecca. You all went down on the ground and you presented the popular political sentiment of the people. Much respect, mm-hmm. folks. And I still, Thank you, I was listening for my people as I was riding back from the bank today. I said, this is my new theme song. So much respect, team. Um, okay. <laughs> Let me ask you all this. Let, and thank you so much, Professor. Let me ask you all this. How often do you hear folks say, you know, your song, your message spoke to me or altered my way of thinking or, or my approach to what I want to do in this life? Timo, you back with us. How often do you all hear that from folks? Very often. I can definitely say that very, very often, which is a warming, wonderful, strong feeling to know that your music means that much to people that they carry it throughout their life. It changes the the, the direction in which they want to go with their life just by hearing some music that we unintentionally did to to change to try to change, you know, the, the mindsets of people in the South. We didn't, I mean, we 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 didn't know that we can't say that when we made Soul Food album that, man, we're going to change the world with this. We're going to come out and change people's lives. We're going to make sure that everybody want to give some some hope and some you know some some uh, words of encouragement knowing that they're going to be alright and listen to our music or whatever. We didn't, we didn't know all of that. We just did some music just to just to create something that we could be proud of. Something that will represent us 20, 30 years after we drop it. Mm-hmm. And we can still stand on it like, yeah, that's what we meant back then, and that's what we still mean today. And, right. you know, and I give I give God all the glory and all the praise to that, you know, because like I said, we were just four young men, very young men, that was really doing the same types of things that a lot of these rappers rap about today. We just mm-hmm. didn't choose to glorify our our roles. 
you know, we 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 chose to 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 try to try to present a ray of hope for 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 kids and for the youth and for for young adults and for anybody that really wanted to listen. We wanted to let them know that man, you know, there is an alternative to the type of music that we hearing out here. You know, it is something different. I mean, I was inspired by, you know, all of the artists, the New York artists. So I can't diss New York. We can't diss West Coast. We, mm-hmm. we, they birthed us. You know what I mean? We came from them. Without them, it wouldn't be us. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's love, you know, all the way across the board. You know what I mean? But, you know, just to stay on your question, you know, that's that, that's my answer. Hopefully I answered it correctly. No, you did, you did perfectly. Gip, what do you want to add when you hear people say, what an influence you were on them personally, not just musically, but personally. Uh, it's, it's like Timo said, it's, it's a wonderful feeling. It's gratifying at the same time. It's humbling. But, you know, at the same time, too, you know, some of the teachers that George Clinton always told us, he said, man, you know, never get stuck on one record because you're always working on the next one, mm-hmm. you know? So, with the things that we discuss, even on new on a new album, it's just like as soon as we lay them, we 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 trying to find what's next. So it's like uh, to know that people love Goody Mob like they do, and for us to be able to come back and give y'all a record like for my people, yeah. it's gratifying after 25 years to know that you can still connect with the people that put you where you are. Yeah. So that's the part. Oh. CeeLo, I had a, a listener just who wants to know, you know, what what, what took y'all so long? It's been seven years. <laughs> Everybody wants you to put out an album every year, which some folks do, but that's all on them. But, you know. What took us so long? Um, to be totally honest, I, I really don't know. I mean, um, I really didn't realize that much, that much time had gone by, to be, to be honest. You know what I mean? Um, I think we've all kept pretty busy being proactive about this, that, and the third, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, but, you know, it was just this this living condition of, of, of pandemic and quarantine uh, that really kind of cleared the space, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like for people to not only uh, need, uh, demand, you know, like, you know, uh, but really plead for, you know, a, a goodie mob album. Like we, it, it, was a, it was a resounding, you know, command from people. You know what I mean? Like we need it now. We, mm-hmm. we not only do we want it, but we need it. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. And I think people attribute that to what wisdoms we were able to convey. You know what I mean? Um, so so early on and ahead of our times. You know, I guess they figured that you know we would have some solution or something. You know, solid to say. You know what I mean, like that would give you know some 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 guidance and give some direction, some clarity, some closure, some peace and comfort because, you know, everybody was blindsided, you mm-hmm. know, by, by, by the situation, you know what I mean? And apparently um, we weren't because we spoke on it 25 years earlier, you know what I'm saying? So like yeah. it was, it was a really safe assumption that we would be able to, you know, uh, enlighten even further if only we had the ears of the people again, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, and, and it's also about, the way the way the way the message is packaged and 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 presented to the people like it's how they want it you know what I mean like and what they wanted was good them up together again with organized noise and that's mm-hmm. what we got that's what we gave well and if right. folks if folks hold on Gip if folks doubt CeeLo and what he just said just check out cell therapy go ahead Gip yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is the only time I get to be opinionated on this show <laughs> uh, you know uh 
if you think about the lyrics, um, everything that we said in that song has, is now our reality. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's a trip because now, you know, to name the album Survival Kit, this is the survival kit for the new world. Like last March when the, the old world died, this is the new world. So with being that, that's why you have records like Me Time. That's why you have records like Come Before the Storm. Mm -hmm. That's why you have records like Amazing Grace. We have to teach these kids that it is something special to live to be older. Oh, you know, so and true. another thing is, it's like, if Goody Mob is successful, you know that Goody Mob would probably be the first rap group that ever sold music and was popular and still had gray on their face. Yeah. See, if we able to make gray popular, just like they, <laughs> like they, they, they've been able to make death popular. Look at Big Gip but, representing for the for the Silvers. <laughs> 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 let me uh, let me bring in a fan. Uh, her name is Alita. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, let me bring in a fan oh, real quick. Alita. Hi. Oh my God, this is this is crazy. So happy to hear your voices. Y'all have done so much for the culture and so much for me personally. Like. I was born and raised in New York, and I was singing your songs before I even knew who you were. And when wow. I came to college in Atlanta, and I started like going combing through your discography because you know the AUC we rep Goody Bob forever, yeah. you yeah. know. So um, just like going through your discography and realizing, like, oh snap, I knew this song. I know this song. Like your your music transcends state lines. It it goes wow. beyond generation. It it's just ever relevant. And I'm so grateful. I remember when I went to One Music Fest a few years ago and Dungeon Fam was the headliner. And I went specifically mm. for y'all. <laughs> it was crazy. The, the whole crowd went up. And I'm just really happy that you guys have stayed the course and just giving the world soul food, man, for your ears. Like, wow. Really happy to be speaking to you right now. This is crazy. All right. Thanks a lot, Alita. Appreciate Love. it. Thanks, sis. I want to bring Timo in because I want to talk about the connection and the, the love from the AUC, you know, because that tends to, that that tends to be the area when new folks come out and they're like, you, look, we, we give props to Greg Street for playing a lot of folks. And I got to do that for my man, Greg, over at V103. But also, before you can get radio play, you just take it to the streets. And the AUC has always been that place where you take it to the kids. How how instrumental was that that whole neighborhood, that environment for you all, Timo? Oh, that, that, that neighborhood, I mean, was so instrumental in carving my path. I can honestly say, you know, I was a student at Morris Brown College from 1990 up until I was into Goody Mob. Right. And I, I found myself in my freshman year. That's the year that I decided, you know what? I want to get into music. I want to get into doing rap music. And my inspiration was my brother Cujo. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And he, he he came to me and said, you know, I did this song with my homeboy Phil. And Phil was a guy that me and Cujo we used to hang out with all the time, especially late night hype over my dormitory, drinking, kicking it, just <laughs> doing it with young. You were young drinking in the dude. dorm, Timo? No, and, you know better You know, it inspired me. I, I think I can do this. I think <laughs> No, we drink lemonade, you know. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Y'all was drinking lim y'all was drinking lemonade at Morris Brown yeah. Dormitory. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. Give name mixed with that MD2020. You know who's on that? <laughs> uh, okay, Cujo, you're going to take responsibility for the lemonade. But let's talk about that sound, man, because um, this is where we, we need to get into organized noise. The sound. What is it about the sound that, that Rico and Sleep and all the fellas can, can lay down for you all that just a natural fit? Cujo, I'll let you start on that one. Now you gave me the hard end question. That's all right. You're <laughs> not throwing softballs. You're throwing hard balls this way. No, mm-hmm. easy question, man. And I um, I talk about this experience all the time with uh, with Ray Murphy, Rico Wade. They took me somewhere in Decatur one day where they was looking for some um, for some um, some records to go through. So we go out here to this man house, man. I'm telling this dude look like Wayne Williams to me. I mean, never seen this guy before in my life. But this guy has records, all his walls of records, going down his hallway of records. And he has like a little Fisher Price um, record player where he's playing the records on. So these brothers are going from East Point, Atlanta, all the way to Decatur, Georgia, somewhere to get to dig in the crates to get records to come back to Atlanta to play for us to see if, if we like the music. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, man, organized noise, man, they just been, man, they they in a they in a a class of their own. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not only do they listen to music that come before them, but they they put that together and make it their own music and come out with their own That's why you're hearing stuff like players ball. You ain't never heard no music like that before in your life. Mm-hmm. Play ball. <laughs> No. I got you. CeeLo, you want to add something to that for the public radio listener? <laughs> can, can we not use profanity on your show? Did, you know what, man? Look, I, I, I'm i not the David Banner podcast, so... Uh, Sorry. <laughs> but you, you use it in context, so we just go, but yeah. The sound, I think the sound... Um, definitely lends itself to just the natural, you know, environment, you know, and accessibility, you know, uh, because let's, let's say we can, we can make it, you know, uh, we can connect a- AUC, we can connect uh, HB, you know what I mean, like all, all the black colleges here, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, um, and the culture that came along with that, you know what I mean, um, live musicianship, you know what I mean, like, you know, so um, and then, you know, extended on further back the rural south, whether that's mm-hmm. Mississippi, you know, um, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, St. Louis, you know, all this stuff is, you know, live music. So I think with Organized Noise, what they did was, I mean, not to say they wanted the live musicians in New York, you know what I mean? Like, you know, but, you know, I think it was just an aesthetic that was used just to, you know, maybe it was a shortcut to producing the sample. But it was still in in, in uh, the ingenu- ingenuity mm-hmm. of the usage of a sample that was still like you know um, uh, uh, um, what's the what's the word um, that's like a, a holy grail. I mean like you know uh, because so so much everything else come from that. But what organized noise did was let's say if you use a sample and once we started getting more um, literate you know music business literate you know what I mean like about you know infringements or, or or when you know sample clearances or just sure. the, the mere cost of a usage 
you know, maybe we started to think to ourselves, okay, well, you know, maybe we can be inspired by that piece of music, put it, put it out, you know, play over top of it, almost mimic it, you know, pull the original piece out, and then you have the, the live, you know, interpolation is what they call. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like so. And, and before you know what you're playing, you can improvise and you can color outside of the lines and confines of the sample, and then you ultimately have an original piece of music. And that's how Organized Notes created all this organic live, you know, um, instrumentation. You know what I mean? And then hip hop is always, always equated to drum. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, hey, as long as the drums is hard, you know, um, it's hip hop. Do they get mm-hmm. enough? Go ahead, Gip, you can add, but I'm I'm curious to do, do organized noise, do the fellas get enough credit, you think, not just to the southern hip hop, whatever you can call it, but just to hip hop in general and how far this genre has come. I mean we they always don't. Yeah. Go ahead. They don't. They don't. And it's it, it's simply it's it's again, it's the systematic it's the it's a systematic system uh, that's always been in place. You know, when you really when you really put the paperwork down and you really look at the black and white. It ain't too many people that outsold the dungeon film. It ain't mm-hmm. too many people that's indeed the kind of artist organized noise has. And it ain't too many producers that ain't grown the kind of artists they ain't grown. And to be this strong 25 years later, like we see a lot of people walking around saying these people are great, that these people are great. But a lot of people they say great only had two albums. Mm-hmm. These dudes have done every kind of music you can do. You know what I mean? And when you look at it, it's like, Mm. When you look at a lot of New York or or even Los Angeles production, they all sound New York, that's Jane Brown. LA, that's that's uh, Zap. George Clinton. Yeah. George Clinton and Roger Troutman. Absolutely. That's right. Snoop see, even told y'all, at, yeah. He even has a godfather. But when you look at our at our music, uh, it's, it's, it's us. So understand our fight has been totally different than the New York and Los Angeles because we wanted our own stream. We wanted our own sound. We wanted to be able to say what we wanted to do and how we wanted to say it. And I think that at the end of the day, it's just ne- it hasn't been respected because Atlanta has not been the place where the checks are written. Mm-hmm. But I think now that if you see now that you see the Grammys is moving their office to Atlanta and now YouTube, sooner or later Atlanta will be writing the checks. And once that's said, then it's over with. Oh. Yeah. Timo, let me get you- let me get your thoughts on this because I'm curious how you all individually, and I'm going to start with you, Timo, how you all individually have grown um, over these 25 years. You know, what, what's what been your takeaway, your own personal reflection, Timo? Um, my, own, my own personal reflection, I can say, <clears throat> when we first started in 1994 with the Good and Mark um, album and the Outcast album, I was a young guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any kids. I wasn't, I wasn't married. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any responsibilities outside just taking care of myself and enjoying life. And, you know, and, and if you fast forward 25 years later, um, I got three kids, a wife, and a different type of lifestyle than I was living in 1995. So, you know, I'm, I'm a much more responsible person, you know, much more caring person, much more giving person, and much more patient person. Mm-hmm. So I can say I've, I have matured in the past um, 25 Years, I can't say that. Maturity is better. Coo- more mature. Cujo, it's been a long time since those days at 1907 Lakewood Terrace. How have you grown, man? Mm, I think we've grown um, 
production wise and lyrically wise. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to um, uh, progress. So I think we progress a lot on this um, Survival Kit album, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> CeeLo? Growth? Oh, well, <clears throat> we've shown a lot of growth, range, reach, and diversity uh, over the years with the many different endeavors that we've uh, vested ourselves into. Um, and not only just for the sake of... Um, you know, um, but for the succession, I mean, like that ensued. I mean, like we succeeded in so many uh, different variables of not only uh, black entertainment, but entertainment and industry at large. You know what I mean? Um, um, and then parlaying over into separate and separate, but associated industries like uh, medicinal marijuana with gift and big goodies, and you, you know what I mean. And so mm -hmm. we become, we become. I, you know, when you asking. What we should call it, I, I think what we do and what we are is a renaissance. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Can we Google that word and see exactly what that means? Come on, <laughs> well, I had a listener. I had a listener just tweeted, "Your music is Afrofuturism." Okay, well, I, I can dig that too. Yeah, yeah. Let, you know what I'm saying? But I get, I guess, um, oh. you know, black is the beginning and the ending. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, but I think there's a transcendence that's brighter than black. I believe that, like you know, we've um, been able to be presented, you know, um, as a prism, you know what I mean? Like a singular notion, you know, entering into one, one uh, point, you know what I mean? Like being multiplied, you know, by, by many different variables and, and, and a crescendo of beautiful colors. You know what I mean? I think that's what the Dungeon family has been able to achieve, you know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and you can't really throw a rock at it, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I think, I think the growth is the, the acknowledgement and the willingness to say, Say it for what it is and state it for the record, man. Like, you know, we are who we are. You know, we've done what we've done. So like, but, you know, we it's, it's always boots to the ground so because we come out of the mud. So, like, you know, it's just like we, we're just grounded people, a humble, southern, appreciative, you know, but strong and resilient, you know, enduring people, you know, men, artists. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, what can I say? So that's I true. Feel young. That, that's I true. I feel like the same tree. I mean, like, as long as I got the same sun shining on me, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like the same seasons go around and around. You know, you know what? That's true. Huh? That's true. Because yeah. you know what, Gip, and I'm going to let you answer this next, Gip, in terms of growth, because I was telling CeeLo before we came live on air, I went back and watched your interviews, man, and the interview y'all did in front of the big A car wash, and CeeLo had mm. his shirt off and was flexing and doing all that stuff. I think Timo was in cornrows. Oh, yeah. and, Gip had no. a, the, the the ponytail up on the top, but you know what? When I look at that, and I look at y'all now, y'all still the same cats to me. So Gip, <laughs> uh, I don't know. The magic of being free and and being doing those times are just us feeling like we was really winning at at at, at taking our sound because you know after the first tour. You know, once we came to Atlanta, you know, I remember the first we, we the first show when we came back to Atlanta was the Roots and the Food. Mm -hmm. We went to 89.3, we battled the Roots on the radio, and then we went over there to the little playhouse. And that was the first time that Atlanta got to see us being on tour after the album had been out. Now that's when I knew I said, Man, we 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 have really figured out something for ourselves. Because 
after that, it hasn't changed. Like that feeling of when we go on stage and do those records, that feeling, like even like last year when we did the Tabernacle, it was kind of like only Goody Mob and Outkast can and organize noise together can put that feeling in the building. It's like we the only ones that can really do that, you know, and bring that feeling back from the 90s. Like Freak Nick, when we do certain records, people just go back to them times. And I think as long as God give us those kind of lyrics, that's the, those are the kind of stories and those are the kind of things that we want to leave in the world when it's over. Yeah. Like, and y'all put, did y'all put the roots in a corner after that? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, starting, I'm starting stuff. <laughs> oh, no. You know, them are people. Too. I know they're your people, they're yeah. Like, yeah, shouts out to Ron. Shouts out to Kamal. You know, Tyree yeah, Trolley, Black Thumb, Quest. Them are people. We we started together, though, but we definitely did battle them. I think that was a little caught off guard, though, because, you know, they're so used to, you know, going off the top of the head, man. Like, people, it, it wasn't no real gauge on who. Or no. what I was skilled. I think J Force was J Force doing the show over there at eighty nine point three. Was that the DJ J Force? Yeah, yep. I think so. Yeah, I, 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 I remember. Yeah, and I need. I, ooh, boy, I got I stories, but I ain't gonna tell them. I, I got stories. <laughs> Don't y'all put me in a yeah, record. Be, be, and, and, and and because of that, because of that day when we did the radio, that's when we ended up going on tour. That's that's the respect that we earned that day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like. We end up doing our first tour with, with the Fuji's and the Roots. Yeah. Thanks. Big Gip, CeeLo, Cujo, Timo, Goody Mob. Listen, thank you all for taking the time. Thank you for the sound that told Atlanta's story. I could probably go on a whole nother hour, but thank you for taking the time. Much continued success, fellas. Um, don't don't make us wait another seven years, though. But if you do, if it's going to be like this, then it's cool. <laughs> you know, we've been dropping music all throughout the year, so you know what I mean? But everybody wants to hear a Goody Mob record, which is, I, I, I would love a Goody Mob record too. So, you know, that's just what it is. You guys just look at our, our solo efforts too. So it's only building up to a Goody Mob record. You feel what I'm saying? So much respect to the fans, man, for hanging in there, man, just for the patience. And for um, just for the, the endless support. We appreciate it. Cujo, CeeLo, Big Gip, Timo. Thank you so much, fellas. I hey, appreciate hey. it. Thank you, Rose. Thank Ooh. you. And that's it for this edition of Closer Look, which is produced by Grace Walker and LaShawn Hudson, our engineer for the day. I give him a new name. His name is Kevin Rinker. I'm calling K-Ride because he rides a bike. As always, you can listen to Closer Look weeknights at 8 p.m. and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Stay tuned to 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's Choice for NPR. It's unofficial, but it's Goody Mob Day. I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. 
local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org election 2024.